Welcome to a little bonus edition of the No Dunks podcast. I'm Skeets here in Atlanta with Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby, and super producer, JD. No Lily for this one. He's off trying to find the latest and greatest kombucha deal. <laughs> this week, guys, we officially reached the halfway point of the NBA season. Most teams have hit that magical 41 games played mark. So it's time to take stock of each team's first half in an effort to prepare for what lies ahead. So we're going to do this a little differently than some of the other podcasts, some of the other blogs out there. We're not going to hand out grades like a lot of people do. We're not going to lump teams into tiers or debate the award leaders. What we're going to do here is we're going to take turns sharing one word or phrase to best describe the team's season so far. Word association, all right? We're going to try and do all 30 teams here, but in the interest of time, we're going to try and keep a nice little pace going. Try and address each team two to three minutes tops. Get all 30 teams in here on this podcast. We'll tackle these by conference, alphabetically. So let's start in the East with the Atlanta Hawks, who just reacquired Jeff Teague in a little mini trade today. But Tass, you're going to get us started here. What's one word or phrase to describe the Hawks season so far? I think bittersweet is perfect for them. Mm. Bitter because they're at the bottom of the East, but so, so sweet finding Trey Young and all that talent and watching it grow and blossom. And I I wish the word was sweet bitter because I think the sweet overrides (laughs) the bitterness. I uh, I couldn't find a word that that flip-flopped those two terms, but uh, I think Trey's growth kind of overrides how poor the rest of the the team has been. Right. And the rest of the season, which also includes John Collins' suspension due to uh, the HGH situation, Kevin Herter being her. You know, there's a lot of young guys um, on this team that haven't really evolved the way they thought they would. But either way, I think it's overridden a little bit by Trey Young. The acquisition of Jeff Teague, I think, it's going to help them a bit. I think it's going to help them get out of this this bitter place they are in the 15th spot in the Eastern Conference, the worst team in the East. And I think also just sort of the, the health coming all together along with Jeff Teague. It's not just going to be the Jeff Teague show out there, but he's decent. And they're going to try and improve and, and get a decent team around Trey Young. You think Teague helps because when Trey goes to the bench as it is, they completely, completely fall apart and can't do anything? Yeah, and this team 2 through 15 is uh, struggling. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, logically, like on the court, tangible, yeah, he's going to help. But also he's not terrible. No, no. You know, he did start for a playoff team in the Timberwolves, and he's he's fine. And he's literally a point guard. The Hawks <laughs> yeah. basically haven't had a backup point guard all season. Brandon Goodwin has been their backup point for a little bit, and he's on a two-way contract. The only other guy who's even listed as a point guard on their roster is Evan Turner, yeah. who has been in and out of the lineup, hasn't been able to stay on the floor, and probably isn't really a point guard to begin with. So, yeah, Jeff Teague, just from a competence standpoint, he's definitely going to help. But you're right, Tass. This is sweet bitter. Because the Hawks, you know, if everything would have played out perfectly, maybe they could have made a run at the eighth seed. Everything played out almost anti-perfectly, except for Trey Young yeah. being clearly a superstar and a charismatic, fun-to-watch guy. When the Hawks were at their best in the past couple of seasons, Horford and Millsap, they were good. They were making all-star teams, but they weren't as exciting as Trey Young is in only his second season. Yeah, I think for the second half of the year with the Hawks, you're going to just really want to hope as a Hawks fan, you know, Herder healthy and playing, you know, same with Collins, getting back to what he looked like a year or so ago, and then their rookies, either Reddish or Hunter, 
or her yeah hunter i herder and hunter always confuse me <laughs> that's a problem um, one of those guys both of those guys and at times have showed little flashes um but really putting it together for a, for a string of games or weeks there in the second half but yeah you're right i mean they look 9 and 32 it's uh, we we knew they weren't going to be amazing but that no one thought they were going to be that bad mm-hmm. so that is rough all right let's keep it moving here our next team it is the Boston Celtics hard not to pick beans as my word for the Boston <laughs> Celtics but i went with collegiate because okay. i love the chemistry with this Boston Celtics team after last the last 2 years the Kyrie Irving experiment it didn't end well but things look good now you know uh, they had four guys on team usa over the summer and everybody said ooh this could pay off down the line we'll see if it actually works and guess what it did work because the team just fits together very well right now they got three guys scoring 20 points per game they've got five in double figures they've got five with usage rates in the 20s so it's a pretty even distribution amongst the teams you look at their counting stats for the season it's like they're 16th in field goal percentage 18th in three-point percentage they're not a great team anywhere but it all adds up to be a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense Brad Stevens has them playing the right way, if you will. <laughs> has them playing like a college team. The ball moves, everybody touches it, everybody gets shots, and it's working. What's considered a successful Celtics season this year? I can't wrap my head around it. Is Conference it, finals? Right. Uh, and then the flip side of that is it's a disappointing season if they at least don't win a round? Yeah. 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 First round loss would be bad. They haven't lost in the first round since 2016. Yeah, they're uh, – it's 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 funny. I don't know. Is it a part of it just being the whole Kyrie's gone and there's not all the uh, you know like dissecting of his quotes and him dragging the team down and the mood around the young guys with him and everybody clashing. Like, feels like we haven't talked a ton about the Celtics this year. That's right. Yeah, and, and that's probably how they like it. I would assume. It's uh, neat to see guys, young guys, just get better, and that's what Jalen Brown has done, and that's what Jason Tatum has done, yeah. and Gordon Hayward is having a career high in field goal percentage uh which is which is odd but he's the i don't know fourth best player on their team um it's neat and it's always the question of can a team win in the playoffs without a soupy doopy star they're on the verge they're on the verge i i you know it's got to be that collegiate mentality where they all sort of play well at the exact same time yeah but I, I kind of believe. And at least you have guys who are going to be able to get shots and take shots in Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum. Hayward as well is able to yeah. create his own shots. Jalen Brown, a bit more of a finisher of plays to me. But yeah. between the other three, as long as one of them has it going, maybe you don't have the soupy dupes, but you've got mm-hmm. some decent stars. All right, I've got the Brooklyn Nets. You guys remember um, remember Lord of the Rings? I've heard of remember it. That? Yeah, remember that trilogy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Read the books maybe? Well, the Nets to me, the Brooklyn Nets to me are Gimli role-playing as Gandalf. Excuse me? Short-staffed. <laughs> think, of, think of Gimli, the dwarf, being Gandalf. So he's short-staffed. He actually has a short little staff. Uh, because, look, Kevin Durant not playing. He's recovering from the ruptured right Achilles tendon. We knew that. We knew that coming in. He, was, he wasn't going to play this season. That's fine. But, but we, we didn't maybe expect Kyrie Irving to miss, what, 24, 25 games there. And Kareth Lavert, oh yeah, him as well to miss the 25-plus games. It's like those two guys. So it's been rough. Now, I will say the 12th-ranked defense, that's a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, they do a really good job, the Nets do. Kenny Atkinson's defensive plan, they force you into bad shots. They're, you know, they're one of the elite teams at where they're making you sort of take your shots, uh, coaxing your offense into those mid-range looks and stuff like that. So that's good. But 
they've disappointed in a way just their overall record. Now you've got Kyrie suddenly... Kyrie's back, maybe making some waves, uh, questioning the roster construction. Did he really mean that? Did he not? You know, that's what we do with Kyrie. Um, but it's to me, I always said, I always looked at this season as it's, uh, it, it really is a mulligan. I mean, they, they maybe shouldn't be this bad, but I wasn't expecting much. And they're going to be one hell of a lot different team when KD is back and hopefully uh, full health. So, look. Dinwiddie Dollars probably happening. Sure. You got Eagle and Kustak on the call. That's fun. I like that weird Pleasantville court, but yeah, they're short staffed. And there's those those injuries to Kyrie and Levert really put them behind the eight ball. Yeah, but last year it was a 500 team, and now they're sub 500, even though they added Kyrie. Irving. Yeah. It's got to be disappointing if you're in that locker room. Hey, we had a good thing going, and now we're worse. Yeah. I, you know, I, I took the 44 line as an as an over I, I assume that Kyrie Irving would learn from last year and figure things out and you know they had some heartbreaking losses at the beginning of the year they could easily be back to 500 but they're in a real downswing here the Dinwiddie dollars are it's not a buy 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 I mean it is a buy 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 right now yeah you should buy when they're low because um, <laughs> uh they probably will get better but I don't like I don't like the feeling of that locker room. I'll tell you that. I don't think they're doing much this year. Even yeah. if they get into the playoffs, I no. guess Kyrie could scare a team for sure for a, for a game or two. Um, but yeah, it's a it's just going to be so weird. It's like, oh yeah, now they're adding Durant. Durant, like maybe the best player in the game on the short list. And how many wins does he suddenly add? And, and how good is he? Still, how good is he going through a massive injury and then sitting out for a year like you have to do? And then how good is is Kyrie potentially as not the the lead guy and sort of as the second guy again to a LeBron? We've seen him flourish in that role. So, yeah, this is they're short staff. They're Gimli. Even if Durant next season only brings three point shooting and he's not quite as explosive with the ball in his hands, that's a huge help. I think getting 29 games combined from Kyrie and Karis LeVert is a huge detriment to the Nets. Yeah. Both of those guys can shoot threes. They're 28th in three-point percentage, and this is a team that is built around shooting a lot of threes and making a decent number of them, not a bad number of them. But uh, So, yeah, um, Kyrie, Karras, stay on the court. Kevin Durant, you'll be there next year, and then then we'll see what happens. And then if Kyrie's complaining, then that's serious <laughs> problems. <laughs> All right, TAS, word association, Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. I think it's found money. Because the expecta- expectation is very, very low with this team. I-, I thought. I didn't have a lot of expectations. Uh, like the Nets built around three-point shooting, and then a guy in Devontae Graham comes along. Ooh, he played for them last year. All of a sudden, he turns his 4.7 points a game into 18.7 points per game. That guy came out of nowhere. And maybe a few Charlotte fans looked at that bench and said, that guy's going to be something next year in his second year. But I had no idea. And he's taking monstrous shots, monstrous three after monstrous three. And if you developed a star from within, even though he's, you know, sort of a, a an older star, he's going to be 25 years old soon. Uh, and you got to be extremely pumped to go along with PJ Washington as a rook. I, I think where they are right now, those two young stars, I think I can call P.J. Washington sure. a star. Sure, everybody's a star these days. Uh, that's found money, and that's a great start for the Charlotte Hornets as a baseline. Uh, at this point, even though you know they're sitting down at whatever they are, 14, 29, 15, 29, um, that's a good year. It's crazy to say that, but finding a guy like Devontae Graham is a good year for them. 
And anytime there's an Eastern Conference team, particularly on the Eastern seaboard of the country, you got to be happy that they're watchable because you're going to tune into a lot of those games just because they're early on the night. And like we had the Wizards for a long time as the only team it seemed like that played at seven o'clock and they were just dull to watch. At least the Hornets are fun to watch. I got Devontae Graham and P.J. Washington pretty high on my list of NBA jam duos that I would play if they came out with a 2020 game. P.J. Washington, I think, is going to be a really good player uh, for the rest of his career. He can shoot threes. He can post up. That's what you need to do if you're going to be playing in the pick and roll as a big uh, four-man. Yeah, even though expectations were low, it's still disappointing a 15-29 and 29 record. But they're lumped with a lot of those teams in the East that are in the exact same boat, be it the Pistons or the Bulls, you know, the Nets, the Nets not that much better than them, but um, it's just, uh, they're just all there, you know, not playing up to their capabilities, or at least maybe some of the expectations we had coming in. But you're right, I mean, even Terry Rozier, who, you know, we knocked the deal that he got, the money that they threw at him at the point guard position, um, he's played well. He, he actually has. I, again, not a ton of people are watching Hornets games night in, night out, but him and Graham and then, like you said, PJ. But they're watchable. They are. They are. And he's even I, I'm not the huge Terry Rozier fan. Um, had, had Sure had the vibe of a Reggie Jackson-like deal to me, but he's been good. He has. Uh, I have to admit that. Yeah, he's turned around. He, you'd think after he backed up Kyrie Irving and wanted his own starting role, going to Charlotte, he may be a little upset that Devontae Graham came and joined him in the starting lineup. But he's handled it like a champ, yep. and they have Miles Bridges as well. I, you said that it's disappointing for them to be fifteen and twenty-nine. It's I, just that's, that's a that's a really bad record. Yeah, <laughs> but. yeah. But you would have also coming into the season, people would b- pick the Hornets as the worst team in the league. They were in the yeah. mix for one of the worst teams in the league because nobody had any idea yeah. who Devonte Graham was. Yeah, and I guess he's put, put his, He's on the map now. All mm-hmm. right, next one, Trey. Wow, it was meant to be. You got the Chicago Bulls. Go Bulls. Uh, yeah, Can, went through a lot of words. Disappointing, blowing a lot of fourth-quarter leads, infuriating. Also blowing fourth-quarter leads, hampered by their coach, lurking in the playoff picture. But ultimately, I think the word is inconclusive because now I look at every Bulls player and I have no idea if they're actually any good. Jim Boylan is a terrible head coach. Uh, he is going to survive the season, but he has the players in positions that don't make sense. So now... You look at the two guys who were potential first-time All-Stars coming into the season, Zach Levine and Lowry Markkinen. Are they any good? Could they play for a winning team? I don't know. At this point, the only guys I feel comfortable saying are going to be winning basketball players are Wendell Carter and maybe Kobe White. Other than that, it's just really hard to say. Lowry Markkinen is having his worst season of his career, scoring less than he scored as a rookie, shooting worse. The Big Arnata had a decent December. He's just so up and down, up and down, and that's just how it is with the Bulls. They can't seem to figure out how to put a team away when it comes to the fourth quarter, which is the mark of a young team, but this is not that young of a team anymore. Yeah, and then classic Otto Porter injured, you know, not playing. Oh, boy. I was, I was very excited for the Bulls. Look, I, you know, coming into the season, you and I were talking up the Bulls. We loved it. We liked what we saw. I like boiling for Coach of the Year. And it's like, because I was excited about Sadoransky and like Thaddeus Young being added to the team. I was, especially thinking Larry Markkinen would go to the next level. You know, Zach Levine could be, you know, your, your sort of all star in waiting. And he's played great. He really has. He's, he's hitting the three with unbelievable consistency. Wendell Carter, I was excited about Kobe White. But it's just like, yeah, it's a, like they get leads and they can't take care of them. They've lost a ton of games where they were leading in the fourth quarter and could have a very, you know, very, very decent record had they pulled out half of those. And then you look at the defense, you're like, whoa, whoa, you're 11th in defense? Yeah. You've been top 10 for most of the season? 
forcing the most turnovers in the league, but that's because the Bulls play other bad teams half the time. The bad teams can't handle it when the Bulls are pressing and trapping the pick and roll. They make bad passes just like the Bulls do on offense, but then you play against the team that's in the upper half of the league. They know all we have to do is make two passes, and we're getting one of the most efficient shots in basketball, a wide-open corner three or a dunk at the rim. That's what it feels like. The Bulls can beat up on the bad teams, sort of, or can at least hold their own against the bad teams, and then against the good teams, it's a disaster. Okay, you always are joking that the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. You're always like, the Bulls are making the playoffs. They're making the playoffs. Do you really, truly believe they will this year? You really do. They're just four games out, man. So you think they're... What, I guess in theory they're going to be a better second-half team than the Nets? Well, the Nets are imploding, as we've seen. Kyrie Irving shipping everybody out. Hey, maybe, maybe. (laughs) I think the 9 through 15, they can still make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. I think it's starting to to separate. It's it's weird to say that that the Eastern Conference playoff picture might be starting to get set, but – I think everybody. I, I think everybody. No. Give me Bulls, no. Pistons, not, Hornets, Wizards, Cavs, no. Knicks, Hawks. Not everybody because I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers here. They are not mm. making the playoffs. So I'll bet no. you, I'll bet no, you whatever you want. No, um, they're not. But my one uh, my one word or my, my phrase, I mean, I'll keep it simple. I'll just go slug life. <laughs> um, shout out to, to Beeline there. Look, really, it's, it's in shambles. This has been a disaster of a season. Uh, the 2019-20 Cavs here. It, it's it's wild to think they started four and five. <laughs> they wow, be- yeah. They beat the Pacers in their second game. Uh, the Cavs did. Then they, they beat the Bulls. They beat the Wizards. They beat the Knicks all, all early. They were four and five. They're like, ooh, scrappy little bunch here. And, you know, it, it's it's gone to hell since then. Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, we're just waiting for them to get traded. Uh, one, both of them maybe. And you're seeing really what they could get in return. I will say Colin Sexton and Darius Garland have slowly started to improve a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Sexland backcourt, slowly, slowly. Um, but really, will Coach Beeline be there to start of next season? You know, something we debated after those after the the, the thug slash slug comments that he made in a practice session. I I, I don't know. I, I who knows? Is this sixty six year old man the the guy that's going to lead them back into the playoffs um, and, and have some success for the first time in I forever? Sense, without I sent some ageism. Yeah, maybe there was. Maybe <laughs> there, well, it's it's well, I get what they were trying to do. They're like, well, we're basically a college team yeah. with some of our guys, so maybe a college coach is best suited to uh, you know build them up. But then the problem was the whole time was, well, no, they have these vets. I mean, there are these loves, and there's Tristan Thompson's, and there was the J.R. Smith's, and it's like, what are we doing here? What's the game plan? Um, are, are some guys being told, oh, we're going to go for the eight seed, or some saying, like, no, no, it's all about building for the future. And he's not maximizing those young players. He's not getting. No. He's not coaching them in a way where they are playing like a college team. I mean, they're they're playing a lot of iso ball in that yeah, backcourt. Yeah, right, and right. And that's, uh, that's not conducive to getting along with the veterans, number one, and it's not conducive to winning games. No. And it's, uh, it's, it's iso heavy. You know, it's, it's like it's, it's – I, I watch Colin Sexton. It's kind of like watching Zach Levine in a weird way. Like mm. they just want to make it happen themselves and numbers are put on the board. Uh, but the offense is terrible uh, overall. And um, – you know, Trey Young is in that category too. There's, there's, unfortunately, uh, there's not executing all the well. Trey's got an excuse, uh, but the Cavs really don't. Um, you know, because they have a guy who's made a billion All Star teams in Kevin Love. They have talented guys. 
that should be winning more basketball games, I think, with better coaching. Yeah. At least they have a guy named Dean Wade. At least they have <laughs> Dean Wade. <laughs> That's the one cool part of the Cavs season. And, uh, I, I, you know, again, you're just hoping some of these guys get traded. I hope not Tristan Thompson, though. I no? think that guy. I think that guy should be a Cav for life. Seems like a culture setter there. He seems like at least the guy who's professional is going to be giving an effort every single night on the court. That's not the case for everybody else that's on the Cavs. All right, Detroit Pistons, Tass. Titanic. Everyone on board knows it's sinking, but they're just getting to the front, hoping that they're going to be one of the uh, <laughs> the 1,500 survivors or, no, 900 survivors, whatever it is. Um they're they're just they're trying to they're 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 pulling the rose at the front. Maybe it's Andre Drummond throwing his arms out, trying to trying some <laughs> to look good so somebody saves him. <laughs> they have rose yeah, on their team. That's it, amazing. That's true. Uh, and uh, you know Dumbuya has come out of the woodwork. Seku Dumbuya, their their first round pick, but uh, it just it's it's a dismal situation. You talk about watching Eastern Conference games on the Eastern Seaboard. Uh, the Pistons are always slotted in at a seven o'clock Eastern start oh. and. Uh, <laughs> It's crazy because their front court is a couple of all-stars in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, and um, the ball just – it's just – it's not good basketball. Uh, you know, it's sometimes Derek Rose iso ball is okay, uh, but they just have nobody to really create on a regular basis. Luke Kennard was supposed to be that guy in a way, but he hasn't really panned out. Now he's also injured. I think everybody knows that this experiment is over and it's going to implode at some point, and – there she goes. Yeah. 705 people survived. Mm. 1,500 died. We, right. we, we are you. up to seven teams here in the Eastern Conference with the Pistons there as the seventh team. Only one of them that we've talked about is above 500 in the Boston Celtics. Yeah, it can like, be a brutal stretch alphabetically for <laughs> <laughs> to start off Crazy. the Eastern Conference. <laughs> yeah, I, like, we talked about it um, on, on today's show, on the Daily Show here on Thursday. At least right now for the Detroit dudes, they've got they've got Sekou, um, looking like a potential steal at, at 15, and him starting here, being forced in there because of all the injuries, and he's playing really really well. Um, so that's good. He's hitting the three, and he's obviously super athletic. And, and something same something that the Detroit dudes may not be looking forward to in the immediate future, but is probably a good plan is that Tom Gore is the owner. Is looks like he's finally going to rebuild, and it's probably right. probably they should have something they should have done two years ago when they traded Tobias Harris for Blake Griffin. They got a playoff round out of it. They did get an appearance, but it, it didn't really turn the franchise around, didn't really fill the arena. Uh, it, it, they need to start from the, the bottom up, and Seiko's a good start, but that's only one man who's surviving on this Titanic That that's really anyone should be excited for on this roster. Is there anyone else on this roster you should be excited for? Maybe Luke Kennard, maybe. Christian Woods played all right. <laughs> he looks like an sure. NBA player. I, it's a. Uh, I mean, what would their record be if Blake was healthy? If It'd Reggie Jackson had played more than two games? I mean, they'd be a playoff team. I think so too. I think they're like they Close, would have a, a very Magic like or Nets like record. I think they would. But, um, but yeah, no. they knew what they were training for, and that this yeah. could happen with Blake Griffin. It's not shocking. But you might get a first-round pick for Andre Drummond. I think it's pretty likely that somebody will come off one of those. Maybe Derrick Rose, maybe. At least a high second-round pick, I would think. So between Dumbuya and the Pistons' own pick probably will be pretty good this year. Then you add whatever you're getting from those. The rebuild could at least be on the way. Yep, Mm -hmm. that's right. All right, finally, uh, another good team here, Indiana Pacers. My word for the Indiana Pacers, foolish. 
because I feel foolish for picking them under Ooh. 46 and a half wins. They're on pace for 52 wins right now because the pieces fit oh so nicely. It was easy to come into this season and say, no, Victor Oladipo. We haven't seen Malcolm Brogdon being a number one guy. We're not sure if Sabonis and Turner even fit together. TJ Warren hasn't played for a winning team in his career. They got so many holidays. Doug McDermott's there, but they've looked great, you know. They have six players scoring in double figures, and it, the team just seems to make so much sense and seems to always do the right thing. The Brogdon and Sabonis pairing, it's its almost inseparable. I go every 10 games, I flip between which one of these guys is going to be an all-star for the Pacers. At the beginning, I thought Brogdon, then Sabonis, but now Brogdon has been balling again, and Sabonis is, of course, still racking up the numbers. Yeah. They have been a surprisingly fun team to watch, and... Almost every player on their roster has exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I think if you're making, uh, you know, your coach of the years at the halfway point list, I mean, Nate McMillan has to be, you know, in the top three. I, I think it's, I think there's a case to be made for Nick Nurse with what he's done with the Raptors and their injuries. I think definitely Nate McMillan with the Pacers, maybe even, um, uh, is it uh, Jenkins mm-hmm. in Memphis uh, with them exceeding expectations. But yeah, he's just. He's got them playing incredible ball. They're one of those teams that's pretty good on both sides, you know, offensively and defensively. Um, they're sort of Spurs-like where they have a great three-point percentage, but they barely shoot them, um, which is uh, we've seen the Spurs do that in the past. Yeah, yeah they're they're a good, and, man, they get to add an all-star. I mean, I think I, I keep hearing Windhorse say it. Like, he's saying the move of the deadline is really going to be the Pacers adding an all-NBA guy back in their yeah. injured Oladipo. It's not going to be any of these teams trading for, for Love or Drummond or or something like that. It's it's this, and that's uh, the potential's there. Yeah, we talk about a lot of East as have-nots, but this Indiana Pacers team without a star uh, just comes to the gym every day, and they are playing the game or following the game plan of Nate McMillan. So it's uh, it's a good story there, even though it, you know, it kind of flies under the radar because they are the Indiana Pacers. But... They better get somebody in the All-Star game representing them on a national stage, on a bigger stage. They need one guy there. Yeah. I hope they I think, I hope, I think it will be Sabonis. I really do. Well, you know, the the coaches are going to get their ballots, and I wonder if some give it to Brogdon, some give it to Sabonis, mm-hmm. and maybe that they kill each other off a little bit. Uh, but Sabonis has been doing it a little bit more steadily because, as uh, Trey mentioned, Brogdon was down and out. He was hurt. But you could pick either guy. I've got the Miami Heat my word association for them. I got two sort of. One is uh, the classic culture, right? They've got that embedded in them. But I'm actually going to go with this year's Miami Heat as the 2018-19 Raptors-like. Mm. They really are. Because we figured both teams, last year's Raptors, this year's Heat, they're going to be good. They're going to be solid teams. But they've both exceeded expectations. You know, the Raps went on to win the title, for crying out loud. And the Heat here are 28-12. and 12. They're tied for the third best record in the entire association. But the comparisons really are there, I think. You got the new alpha dog, that closer guy for the Heat, Jimmy Butler. Well, that was Kawhi, obviously. You suddenly have a second star, all-star potential guy in Bam Adebayo for the Heat. That was Siakam growing into that uh, last year, you know, as a borderline all-star guy. Vet point guard, sort of trying to prove the doubter's always wrong. In the Heat's case, it's Goran Dragic coming off the bench, but really playing well. That was, of course, Lowry, and still is to some extent. And then all these like hidden gems, contributors, that, that they uncover both of these franchises do through the draft, through their farm system. So all the rooks on the Heat with, with Harrow and Nunn and then Robinson. 
you know, that was sort of Van Vliet and OG like and these guys and even Norman Powell to some extent, like these deep rosters and they're good on both sides of the ball and they're well coached and they're respected front offices. I see, I'm not saying the Heat are going on to win the title here, <laughs> but I see the comparisons. I really do. Um, and, and it's a big part of why they're 28 and 12. So 18, 19 Raptors like for me, for the Heat. I don't mind it. It has been pretty impressive to put together a season like this. Considering Jimmy Butler is having a good but not great year. He's at 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists a game, but he's shooting 27% from 3. If he's shooting 35% from 3, which he's kind of been at for uh, the past few seasons of his career, they're even better. Mm -hmm. Um, But he doesn't seem to be pressing at all to me. Jimmy Butler, he's just happy to fit in, which is not something you expect from Jimmy Butler either. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you. The Heat... They are a good team, and, I mean, they're going to be tough come playoff time, yeah. assuming that all these fines show up in the playoffs like they did for the Raptors last year. Yeah, that, that is a good point. You're asking some of these young kids to uh, continue to play well in a, in a tight playoff series. Yeah, but the first half of the season, I mean, those guys have been awesome, and Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn and, and Tyler Hero. All I can see is a gym where those three guys, they're ready to, to jump on the floor while a couple of the other guys who behave badly, the, the bad boys, are red-shirted and are sitting there, and James Johnson and Dion Waiters, and they're not allowed to get on the floor. But but that's uh, culture too, right? Well, that's all it is, yeah. yeah. they Those those guys fell in line, uh, and Kendrick Nunn and, and Tyler here. I think Kendrick Nunn's been a, a, a hungry guy ready for his opportunity, sort of an older yeah. uh, older rook and, and hero. I don't know how how the heck he's been playing like this, and Duncan Robinson, uh, same thing for him. So, yeah, I mean the the supporting cast has been above expectations, big time, big time. But it but it's definitely yeah, it's all about the discipline that that front office and uh, training staff has. Yeah, because like half the other franchises in the league, I'm telling you, they're Waiters is playing and James Johnson is playing. It's like because they've been around, they've bet and been vets, and like they just don't they do things differently. Like you're you're. You're held accountable in Miami, oh, yeah. um, and and that's uh, obviously pretty damn impressive, um, and it's working because what a record, 28-12. No one saw that. No People, again, they thought they, he would be good. I thought they would be solid. Not 28-12. Not one of the best-looking teams in the league. All right, keep moving. Milwaukee Bucks. Vault. All summer long, the talk about the Bucks was who they lost in free agency. But this team came into the, uh, came into the year and blocked everything out. They kept everything internal. They said, we're going to do this, and that's why they are the ultimate vault. Mm. They just shut everything out, sort of Spurs-like. They, uh, Other than John Horst, their GM, saying that Yanis Tentacupo, yeah, we're going to give him a long-term contract. That was the only maybe only little f- uh, slip-up that they had outside of the locker room, but they just, yeah, they keep everything internal, and they just have all gotten better and locked down on what their mission is, and that's why they're scary. They're very, very scary for the rest of the league. No one really expected a 70-win pace out of this team, and no one should out of any team, <laughs> and because that's very, very hard to do. And I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. They're, they're going to be in the high 60s, and that's because of uh, Giannis as a leader. And, and even though he's, you know, he's, he's having a baby and uh, he goes on some, some birthday trips with Eric Bledsoe and they have some fun, uh, it's mostly it, that's all that's all for camaraderie building, and uh, I think it's all going to be about the game these next four months. It, it's going to be all about winning, like it has the first four months. They've been amazing. 
Giannis has a Westbrook-like ability to show up for every game and have intensity, and when your star is there playing as hard as he can every single night, that filters down to the rest of the team. Uh, They're going to need that vault mentality, though, because the vultures are circling Mm -hmm. with Giannis. You saw him talking to Steph Curry. They're like, ooh, what are they talking about? He said, let's do it. Apparently, they just want to play the same video games together, (laughs) but this is going to be something different for the Bucs to have a superstar that is going to be in rumors for two straight years. Pretty much, you know, uh, uh, will Giannis leave? Are they going to be able to put enough? Are they going to be able to keep him in Milwaukee? That is going to be something different for a small market team to deal with. Unless they win, I'd say. Exactly, yeah. Well, they, I, I think know. that's it. Quiet, they'd, have to win, they'd have to win the title. Is, yeah. is winning a title, yeah. And I, with them, too, I mean, I think he's gone. The whole team, there is no doubt, has gone under the radar. There are not a lot of headlines about the Bucks, despite, like Tass just said, being goddamn on pace to win 70 games. Like, that's – if this is, like – basically any other team people are going oh my god what's going on down there but again it's like well they were amazing last year and then we saw what happened in the playoffs so you know none of this really matters until they can get to the finals and and win a championship but because they've been so under the radar i mean chris middleton you know we keep talking about the all-star game like guys that should be in there oh what about uh some of these guys on losing teams zach levine bradley beal well we barely even whispered chris middleton's name who was an all-star last year and is playing better this year, you know, he's been more efficient from the floor, shooting 49%, 40 from three, 90 at the line. He's averaging 19.3 points per game in less minutes than he was even playing last year. I mean, look, I'm just as guilty as this. We just don't talk about Chris Middleton. And he's just, he's a huge reason. It's not just Giannis that they build these 15, 20 point leads and then the guys can rest in the third quarter. Yeah, the one thing mentioned about Chris Middleton this season is that he was injured and he was only injured for seven games. Yeah. And so who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I've definitely been guilty of it as yeah. well. I, you know, I'm waiting to see who their two, three, four, five guys are when it comes to crunch time along with Giannis in the postseason because as I said, the only talk was about Malcolm Brogdon leaving. That's basically was the only talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Who is it going to be? Uh, to replace Malcolm yep. Brogdon. But it's going to be a better Giannis, I assume. And um, Baby Joe Johnson, as is Chris Middleton's nickname on Basketball Reference. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and can George Hill continue to not miss a three-pointer when it gets playoff time? Can Eric Bledsoe not turn into playoff Eric Bledsoe yeah. and completely disappear? Those are, you know, and, and when Giannis has three guys, four guys flocking to him, how do they react to that? that, that that's it. It's like this just like Giannis is going to win MVP, I think. You know, especially, God, if they're in the high 60s, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, and deservedly so, I might add, because his numbers are stupid, too. And again, it's like, meh, let's talk about Luca, let's talk about Harden, let's talk about all these other guys. But it, none of it really matters. It just It's weird, but it doesn't. the regular season doesn't matter to this Bucks team. It's just all about what they can do in a playoff series, in, in four playoff series, hopefully. All right, let's keep it going here. Our next team, oh, baby, from the Bucks to the Knicks. What do you got, Trey? <laughs> Perhaps the word that would be most insulting to the New York Knicks. Irrelevant. They're not the worst team in the league. They're not the best team in the city. There's zero buzz about the Knicks. They make no waves. They fired their coach, and we haven't talked about them since. They were okay for a minute there. You know, they were 6-6 six and six when Mike Miller took over. Not that Mike Miller. No, they're just bad. And the Knicks are kind of just there waiting to see, are we going to trade a Morris? Does anybody want Taj Gibson? Wayne Ellington's here if anybody's interested. Mm-hmm. Zach, uh, Zach Randolph, Julius Randall is putting up those <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander all-star numbers, but nobody cares. The Knicks are a small market team, basically, this season. They're just happening. 
Can't argue that, really. I mean, the, the I had to Google. There's they were six and six when Fisdale got fired. Is no, no, no. He's saying when when Mike Miller took over, I believe, is what Trey was saying. Like they got they had a pretty solid little. Yeah, they there. won like. Oh, yeah, they were six. Won they won. That yeah, that's, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So sitting at eleven and thirty. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are what Kevin Durant said when he said, "I'm not coming to New York." They're irrelevant. They've been irrelevant my whole life. Kevin Durant said, "It's pretty accurate for this season." Man, I just want you know, is Kevin Knox good? You know, is Frank Nilakina good? Is I mean Mitchell Robinson? I like, I like, but is it because what he is in that NYC sort of bubble that he, <laughs> yeah. he's made to be like he's so much better player than he maybe is? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. I like him, uh, but that's uh, that's why it's always tough to sometimes assess some of these Knicks players. Should be moves to be made. I I, I do think of the deadline here too. You, you, you listed a couple of them. Dennis Smith Jr. could be gone too. Can't imagine he is their long-term mm-hmm. sort of one of their long-term guards for the future. But yeah. who is untouchable? Uh, maybe R.J. Barrett. Uh, R. Yes, Barrett. yes, R.J. Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, for sure. He's and, right. and and Mitchell Robinson, I assume. I think so. And then I can't think of anyone else that nope. would be untouchable. Nope. Untouchable at all. All right, Knicks are relevant. Yeah, well, the most we talked about the Knicks was a guy hitting a half-court shot and only got a thousand dollars in lottery <laughs> yeah, exactly. tickets. That's like the two well, biggest pieces of news in Knicks land recently were the scratch-off tickets and R.J. Barrett wore a headband and decided to wear it for the next game as well. <laughs> Those are the only two but things that I remember you, but happening. But it's so funny because with the Knicks, maybe this goes back to like that debate we had the long time of like, actually, it's great that the Knicks are bad. When they're bad, that's actually good for the league. Because it is funny that the Knicks have been somewhat competent since they got a new coach. Like, they've got a decent record. Not, like, not world beaters, but sure. decent record. But we, we actually talk about them less when they're average than when they're garbage. You don't want to be in the middle. Right? Yeah. It's uh, very, very strange. All right, I got the next team. Orlando Magic. My word for the Orlando Magic season so far, there. <laughs> As in, yep, the Orlando Magic <laughs> are just there. It, I got to double check sometimes to make sure they are still there, like they are still a franchise. I emailed Tim Frank and everything checks out. The Magic's still an NBA team. They're good. They're good. They're not great, they're, but, but they're not super bad. They're just there. They're 20 and 21. They're actually better than they were last year at this point. Because um, they went on that second year, the second, um, second half tear. Half, yeah. yeah, they were 17 and 24 after 41 games last year. They're 20 and 21, like I said. So, you know, they play. They, they have an identity to some extent. They play slow defense, top five. Cliff, Cliff, Steve Clifford, one hell of a defensive coach. Yeah, uh, he's proven that time and time again here. The knee injury to Isaac was a real bummer. You know, I thought his development had been fun to watch. Um, but we talked about it. Markel Fultz, competent player. You know, throwing up the triple double in LA, keeping the jersey. Sure, hang it. That's good. It's a feel-good story. But they're just – the Magic are a playoff lock. Yes, lock them in. Yep. But they sort of struggle to take any tangible real steps forward. They're going to win 40 to 45 games, and they're going to lose in the first round. I mean, I, you can sort of see it now. And I don't know what – I really don't know what they even do outside of, like, trying to make a move at the trade deadline. I don't even know what that would be. Yeah, they've got some injuries. They're good. They're just good. Great defensive team. will win you a lot of games, but – they don't, they don't strike fear into anyone. Definitely not. But they'll probably pile up wins in the second half of the season again, you know, as some teams kind of tuck it in for the rest of the year, and they're, the Magic continue to play defense. Like yeah. you're saying, they're going to make the playoffs, so they'll be playing hard. They somehow have eight guys scoring in double digits. One of them is named Gary Clark, who played one game, but got ten <laughs> points in that one. Not too bad. Nonetheless, though, I mean, seven guys scoring in double digits it just goes to show you, yeah, they're all out there. They're all doing something. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to make this sound like – 
they shouldn't be doing this and they should blow it up. I actually don't think a franchise that, especially after the Dwight Howard move, couldn't even sniff the playoffs for a long time. I actually think this is sort of what they should be doing. Getting in there, you know, you know, you know, like building an identity, trying to get some of these young guys, be it Fultz that they obviously took a flyer on and, and maybe hit on, and Isaac looked great before the injury. Like, that's good. That's the, the right move. It's just, they're just there, man. <laughs> yeah, they need to figure out a way to get a star. And how do you do it right yeah, now? Yeah. yeah, they've got a bunch of guys after last year's 42 and 40 year that aren't going to move into another stratosphere. Right. It might be interesting for some hoop heads to watch the, the growth of Aaron Gordon, see what, what he can become, or Jonathan Isaac, who's you know been out, in all fairness to them, maybe he can develop into more of a star. He's the one that is the maybe. Yeah. The, and, that's otherwise, a, and that's a real stretch, maybe, to be honest. I think he's been a really good player, but I'm not sure he screams superstar to me. No, he looks like his ceiling will be a – a great complimentary player yes, and yes. defensive player. But, uh, yeah, just a bunch of guys. And Evan Fournier, Markel Fultz, the superstardom is not going to happen. But they sort of chose this direction when they chose Nikola Vucevic to sign him long-term. Yep. They Terrence Ross as well. Yeah, that's true. So so is that the right move then, you think, bringing I mean, those guys back? Because that was the big talk kind of this time last year was should they move off Vuce and Terrence Ross? Because maybe you could get some sort of pickback. Yeah, I yeah. Unless you you'd have to get obviously pretty damn lucky with that pick, you know, turning into a, a top three pick, let's say, and then you got to hit that pick. Sure. I mean, I hear what you're saying, like, and should they be doing that? Like, just take as many bites at the apple as you can. Um, but they maybe just have too many good players as it is, and they're too well coached that they still wouldn't be as bad as you got to really be. And, and look, they've hit the lottery before. They've had some luck there before <laughs> in the past. Um, so, you know, with obviously the weird odds, if they were to fall out, maybe they hit it. But I don't know. I, I guess I just understand why they do this. It's it's just, you, again, you're not all that excited of, of them upsetting somebody in a first-round series. I'm not, at least. I, if, if they're a seventh seed, I, I just don't see them outside of taking a game or two, um, taking four. Yeah, I, I guess that they hope to be a, a Brooklyn Nets in a way where they build a strong culture and then yeah. some way, somehow – some superstar lands in their lap. Or two of them. Or two of them. Yeah, like, the hey, same let's year. go to Orlando. That'd be fun. So weird, though. Yeah, because I wanted to to bang on that over as my lock before the season started. Their over-under line was 41.5, but I think they're going to hit it <laughs> yeah. on, on the money. Yeah. They're, they're, gonna, they're, not gonna, they're somehow going to go 41.5 and, and 41. <laughs> no, 40.5, I guess the math would be. Okay, I'm up. The Philadelphia 76ers, they're oil and water. They're different components that do their jobs really well, but there's no harmony about them. There's, mm-hmm. It's just it's not happening synchronicity. It's just it, there's no the, they can't do it together. They can't. It's not harmonious. They just are good, and they get by, and somehow they get W's. But it's ugly, and some of their parts go in and out of the lineup, and others excel. Joel Embiid sits down. Ben Simmons excels. Joel Embiid sits down. Tobias Harris gets more of a role. And I guess that that's really what it comes down to is that Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson haven't been thriving in that 3-4 role, and Al Horford has not been thriving in his 5 role. And sometimes it looks better if they were in a 2-3-4 role where they move up when somebody goes down. Um, but uh, they're good enough, uh, and they're good enough to probably win a playoff series. That being said, um, my other word I was thinking about was something a little bit more of the the dramatic, or the you know, like the sort of the... Um, 
I don't know. They kind of it's kind of tabloidy sometimes with these Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid. It's uh, it's not fun. It's not fun. I, I don't think it was supposed to be a team that took another sort of professional step, and it just really hasn't happened. Even though they got more talented this year, um, also another word could be ugly. Sometimes this, the totally the offense yeah. is bad. They yeah. just get in each other's way. But then. It's so weird with them. Every time I watch them, I go, I could see this team going to the finals in the East. I, you know, they, they are a bad matchup to some extent for the Bucks. I mean, they're, for, they're a good matchup, yeah. I mean, for the Sixers against them, I feel. Um, it, but it's like Tobias Harris has one awesome game. He's going for 30. And then it's like, okay, two games later, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's Richardson. That's his game. Oh, Simmons for a half. Oh, of course, when Embiid's there, it's like, oh, he, he's a monster. But it's very, like, he's, it's like, it is that weird puzzle thing. It's like, does this will does this damn thing fit together? I mean, it looks like it does. It makes sense here, sort of. But yeah, I'm trying to jam this one in here, and it's not working. And uh, it's tough to figure if it's gonna be exacerbated in the playoffs or if it's gonna be okay in the playoffs because they've got a very good defense. They're number six in defense right now, as expected. You know, they've got a lot of size everywhere, and Embiid is a huge impact guy when he's on the court. So when the game slows down, they're going to be able to play right. defense. That's yeah. going to show up, no doubt about it. But how will they combat the teams attacking them on the offensive end, right? Like Embiid, he's not going to be able to get the ball every time. He's not going to. There are games where he's going to be taken out of it, and then it's going to be imperative on Richardson and Harris to show up every single night, and that's a question mark. So I don't know. I I'm with you, Skeets. I think that they could make it to the finals, no doubt about it. But I wouldn't be happy betting on them, that's for sure. Yeah, what is more likely with the Philadelphia Sixers at the halfway point of the season right now? Is it more likely they lose a first-round series or they go to the finals? <laughs> I don't know. I was just checking the splits. 0-2 against the Orlando Magic. Oh. Hopefully they don't meet. Um, yeah, it's a, they're a weird team. And your tabloidy is a great one there, actually, because it's, 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 it's fun for us to all play sort of, you know, armchair coach and try and go oh maybe or armchair gm even like oh, you gotta trade one of these guys mm-hmm. i don't know if simmons and Embiid's gonna work i don't know or you got or horford you gotta move him i don't know if that's gonna work with uh with joel and bead there those two guys in the middle it's like everybody's got an answer but i don't know maybe maybe, maybe it is enough uh with what they have we'll see and the other part of it is the other really strange part of it is they're 19 and two at home. That's awesome. And 714 on the road. Doesn't that speak to a team that gets by on talent and isn't all together on the same page? I know that's just, those are just numbers, but if you're gonna, it's it, something. It, it, it's definitely something. If you're gonna say, if you if you had to answer that question about making it to the finals, sure, it's possible. But I think the first round upset is wouldn't even be an upset. Because they're in the sixth seed, yeah. you know they'd they'd be yeah. going on the road somewhere, right? right. And that's, that's not going to be easy for them. Yeah, and 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 uh, was one more point to that before we move on here. That whole terrible road record that is a big differentiating differentiating marker between the really really good teams and maybe the pretenders, right? The contenders and the pretenders because it's it's nuggets like in years past where you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, they're money at home, but then they go on the road and you're like, eh, they they can't get it done. And it's tough to always take those teams that struggle on the road to go. Oh yeah, I could see them going into somebody's barn in a playoff series and picking up a big win or two to win a series. It's just, it's just the way it is. It doesn't mean they're not a bad team, um, but you gotta win on the road. The, the elite teams do, and they're not there right now. And that's crazy. They're in the sixth seed, eh? As of today. Yeah. Wow, wow. And I don't, I don't see them. You know, with the Pacers above them and the Raptors above them, those teams aren't gonna falter anytime soon. Either are the Celtics or the Heat. So. 
So if you were a betting man, it sounds like you would put that money on. It's more likely they would ro- lose in the first round. Uh, yeah, I would. And because then, and, betting and, on them as a finals team is, is it's risky. As Trey said, the odds would be a lot juicier, I think, to make the finals rather than yeah. be a first-round loser. Well, then, and then if they lose in a first round, I mean, what happens? What does Elton Brand and Sixers Ooh. front office do then? Then, I mean, you you almost have no choice but to make it. you got to go a different direction in training probably one of your sort of elite guys, I would think. Anyway, let's keep it moving here. Toronto Raptors. My word for the Toronto Raptors, honorable with the <laughs> EU. Because this is a good defending champion. For a team that lost their best player, would have been easy for them to say, all right, we're going to ship these guys out. We won a title. It was awesome. Everybody had a good time. But they didn't. They never give up. They never give in. This is despite the fact that their entire starting lineup from opening night has missed at least 10 games each. And they're still able to be putting up uh, a 26-14 and 14 record, fourth in the East right now. They got the number two defense in the league. Everybody they play is good. It's amazing. Yeah. It, they're like good basically 1 through 12, and then they're Stanley Johnson. Um, <laughs> I, the Raptors, you got to you gotta tip your toot to them. <laughs> because, you know, it's a question now. Should they trade Kyle Lowry? Should they trade Marcus Gasol? Should they trade Serge Ibaka? And, you know, it could have gone the other way. They could have easily been celebrating the championship and saying, yeah, we did it. And that's what all it's going to be. But that is clearly not all it's going to be for the Raptors. You can never underestimate the heart of a champion. <laughs> it's like it's so cliche, but it is semi-true. Like this idea of like they're using that. Everybody thinking they're going to stink after Kawhi leaves. They're using. There's no doubt they're using that as motivation. For sure. They're like no, we're we're also good. We helped him get a championship just as much as he helped us. And, uh, you know, we're going to try and prove that. And, you know, obviously they're well coached. We talked about and comparing them to the Heat. Yeah. It's been a – it's actually, I think, a lot of Raptors fans, despite all the injuries, which have been weird, uh, very – like an oddly enjoyable season so far. Just uh, with all of this sort of – this new blood, be it Terrence Davis or Boucher and stuff like that, playing well and uh, still racking up the wins and, and putting up fights even in losses. It's been extremely enjoyable, especially to – shoot down the the haters and the naysayers for Toronto Raptors fans, people not picking them in their playoff selections. Come on. So, the yeah, they're doing extremely well. If they can finish top four, which I don't see why they shouldn't, that's a, it's a win for, for them. And, yeah, I think, I think that championship swagger is real. I think it's dripping off Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet big time. Uh, in their backcourt. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the surprise has been their sort of their G League Monsters coming off the bench and and, and supporting everybody yeah. and like even a Norman Powell it's tripping off of so the, oh, those are the been questions. Great, yeah, he has been great. Those are the questions. If they can, if Pascal Siakam can be a superstar in the playoffs, if Fred VanVleet can be a a lead guard in the playoffs, really, you know that he wasn't last year, and then all these bench guys can they be for reals? But um, but at the end of the day, it won't, like Raps fans won't really even care. Like if they were to no. lose in a first round four or five series or something, I mean they would care. Still had fun, would, yeah. But it's like eh. that, would, that would be big time found money for them. But um, I, th- I think you know the Raps fans are gonna they're gonna be feeling it. They're gonna feel like they can win, and that's a yeah, it's a nice feeling. Final team here in the East, Washington Wizards. I'm going Taco Bell. <laughs> No Dunks fan, Johnny unknowingly sent this in on the last Beach Steppin' podcast to describe the Wizards. Taco Bell. That's what they are. They're all offense, no defense. They're great tasting on one end, terrible on the other end. Oh, poop shoot. Uh, the Wizards. They've only won 13 games, but they have the league's 10th best offense. They play fast. 
They take care of the ball. They do a fairly average job of hitting shots and getting to the line even. You got Beal scoring like 28 a game. You got eight other Wizards like chipping in over 10 a game. But it's on the other end. They just don't stop anyone. It's a glorified pickup game. Um, it, it, they're dead last in defensive efficiency. It's It looks optional at times if you want to play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, their Taco Bell will keep it at that. I do like that Garrison Matthews, to me, has sort of turned into the new Tim Legler. It's like we got another Legler here uh, with Matthews. But uh, they are f- they're a fun watch because it is like watching pickup ball. Um, so then they're always 100%. one of those weird early starts, too, and it's at least it's high scoring. Yeah, the most likable Wizards team in ages, I would say. And, you know, now we're seeing clips of John Wall in yes. practice. Wow, this guy still looks fast he in looks practice. Very fast. Could he return this season? <laughs> Another shot in the arm for a playoff push from the Wizards? I don't think so. <laughs> but at least it'll be interesting. Yeah. John, yeah. yeah, John Wall goes with that Taco Bell uh, comparison, too. And Taco Bell's got to be one of the fastest fast foods. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. coming <laughs> to you very quickly. They're wrapping those tortillas extra quick. <laughs> can't get your wallet in your pocket before you got to pick up your tray. <laughs> Tray's already being thrown at you. Go get your headset. But uh, Rui Achimura has been uh, an incredible story for them, too. Although he's been injured, he's uh, he's part of the super fun club. Plays hard. He's uh, he, I guess he plays too hard to be one of, to be a working at Taco Bell though. You know, he plays a little bit on the defensive end. <laughs> right. He's the one guy. Who, he's the one. I guess Isaac Bonga is also plays a little defense, but yeah, they got a bunch of little water bugs and Ish Smith and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, they got, yeah, they have interesting characters up and down their lineup. And, and Davis Bertans, the way he shoots yep. the ball, I, I would expect we're going to see him in a three-point oh, contest. Yeah. People love talking up him, so yeah. All right, let's keep it going. Let's move over to the Western Conference. First team in the West. This always always blew my mind as a kid <laughs> that the first team in the West started with a D, <laughs> and it was Dallas, a Dallas Mavericks. I mean, look at all those teams in the East. The A to C's, there's like six of them. It's 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 pretty incredible. Pretty crazy, anyway, man. Dallas, yeah. Dallas Mavericks. Blew your mind as a kid. It blows my mind every month when I write them all down. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, You're not it's a boggler. That's uh, <laughs> my word. Boggler. Uh, I guess the Western settlers didn't like ABC <laughs> names. They're like, they're all taken? Yeah. <laughs> if only there was a team in Albuquerque. They'd probably play in the West. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, they're blessed. It's like they've been sprinkled with fairy dust, and they're uh, they're rising up to the heavens. They're all just lifting up because they have been given a superstar, essentially at the number five pick in the 2018 draft. Luka Doncic is the best player in that draft. Even though you know when it happened and the trade happened, I wanted to say, you know what, you know what, Trey Young plus another player who turned out to be Cam Reddish could equal Luka Doncic and whatever maybe that's true but you got a superstar super 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 superstar in Luka Doncic that's not going away there still can be questions about Trey Young fair but there's zero questions about Luka Doncic especially in the way today's game is played where you can barely barely get physical with a a perimeter player and uh, he's got all the skills like there was he he threw a, a ball real shacked in moment Real weekend whoopsie moment in Wednesday's game into row 42. It was a bomb. He threw it. And then he comes down, and then he throws a hook pass as a, a skip pass. that was He was on one sideline, and he threw it to the corner of the other sideline. It was amazing. He is he is so good, and the way he's got the, that, like the step-back jumper, 
he must have worked on uh, in the summer because that that wasn't really part of his game the way he could step back and hit three balls. But you know to you know put that along with the passing and the dribbling. Uh, superstars are what this game is all about, and they are hashtag bliss. Yeah, one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen. One these guys have ever seventeen point three offensive and efficiency. It's because of one guy. I mean, it really is. <laughs> Dwight yeah. Powell is a good, very good rim runner. He has developed. He he's good at that. But it's then around them is just a bunch of guys who are ready to shoot and drive a bit. You know, they have they have raised their game a little bit, and uh, some of their guys. Um, they play a lot of competent players no doubt no they doubt. don't play a lot of bad guys the mild stallions were dominating and are, are continuing if you told Mavs fans at this point at the halfway season you know before the start of the season that they were gonna be 26 and 15 sixth in the west Porzingis would not he's gonna miss 10 games or so he's not even gonna be all that great when he is playing they would be like yeah right we're gonna be 26 15 like that like that's the truth yeah they, they have exceeded expectations I think people thought they'd be a, maybe a playoff team in the in the in the mix but I think most people, when they thought that, probably thought Porzingis was going to be also dominant, and he hasn't been. Um, and a part of that is the injury. But Luka's been that special. It's it's wild to watch. And it's fun to watch now while he is making his mark on the league because he's shooting 31% from three-pointers. But you would think this guy's shooting 50% with yeah. the way people talk about him. It's good to be good, but it's even better to be young and good because people are willing to give your, uh, your deficiencies – uh, a bit of a pass you know James Harden is shooting like 14 threes a game but he's shooting 38 and people are like you're shooting too many threes I, I don't think so buddy but uh yeah Luca he's almost averaging a triple double people are gonna like when somebody averages a triple double again now that it's not Russell Westbrook uh Luca is a critical darling and you can see why I'll say one thing about that I've noticed it in the last week or two and it's starting to get to me and maybe it's just me projecting the Lucas stands out there need to tone it down a little bit. I'm with you. Okay? Uh, and this is what I mean by this. I really see it when I post a Woe Boy. Okay? Uh, like Tobias Harris gets Wednesday night's Woe Boy. Great line. Super efficient line. They beat the Nets. But then Lucas got, like, he's got the triple-double. It's the Westbrook-like, you know, it's 17 and 50. It's an awesome line. He does it occasionally. But it wasn't, you know, his greatest shooting game and stuff like that. And there's turnovers and stuff like that. But the Lucas stands. Like, they just go crazy. It's like, how can it not be Luka? How can it... And it starts to irritate me. It starts to get to me a little bit. Because I love him. Who wouldn't love watching this guy play? He's like Larry Bird, you know, 2.0 out there. Um, but just chill a little bit. We know he's amazing, guys. Like, I, there's just I'm going overboard, I think, already. He's only in his second year. If It worries me. It yeah, worries me yeah. for years three, four, and five with them. But other than that's a small, minor complaint by me. Maybe, again, that's me projecting. That's just something about Skeetsy here. I don't know. Um, all right, Denver Nuggets, our second team in the West. My word for the Denver Nuggets is oatmeal. Doesn't look good, but oatmeal is very good. And also, oatmeal is very good for you. Mm. Nikola Jokic didn't look great through the first month and a half of the season. He's been doing all right now. Yep. Jamal Murray has been underwhelming. Now he's hurt. Millsap has been in and out of the lineup, but somehow the Nuggets are a top 10 offense. The defense was top 10 for a lot of the season. They've fallen off a little bit. They've got a top 10 margin of victory. They're going to have home court advantage in the Western Conference playoffs, and right now they're second. It hasn't always looked good. They haven't lived up to expectations, I don't think, but they're still producing. They're still putting that protein in your belly. They're keeping you full from breakfast till dinner. I'm loving the Denver Nuggets, and I love oatmeal. How do you make your oatmeal? That's the big thing. Well, what are you putting in it? Standard. I got a brown sugar, I got a butter, and I got a pumpkin pie spice. <laughs> mm. And you know, if we got the fresh produce in the house, 
throw some bloobs in there. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Got to. Yeah, Nora, you know, Nora's been whipping together some nice oatmeal for me uh, over the last couple of weeks. And it's like, it is night and day to the oatmeal that I make myself. Like, it, it's like a completely different meal. We, we talking steel cut? We talking instant? What, 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 we are what talking instant. Mm-hmm. But okay. the way I make an instant, and I'm not putting anything else in it. I mean, it's like I'm eating uh, slop. Like I'm on mm. Big Brother, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's just there. It's just nutrients. Slop. Like get it into me to you know try and get me to lunch. Get in here, record a podcast, and then eat something for lunch. But yeah, she, you get yeah you get some banana in there, some blueberries in there, some uh, oh some nice chopped up pecans. Yeah. Oh my god! I gotta have it's a whole crunch. other meal. Gotta have crunch. Uh, You're right. Otherwise, right. it's pablum. It's just yeah. it's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> the texture. I can't. I can't. That's yeah. good for you though. Okay, how about this? Jeremy Grant can be the crunch. They needed a little bit of a defensive presence. Yes. They got Jeremy Grant. He's out there. He's smashing his body. He's dunking on guys. He's your chopped pecans. Yeah. No, that's good. It's a like the Nuggets are like a comparable Western Conference version a little bit to me of the Sixers at times. But they they don't have those tabloid headlo- headlines with them uh, that follow them everywhere outside of the yeah I guess when Jokic was struggling and like what's wrong with him he just always sucks in November that's mm-hmm. all we figured out for whatever reason but. They're, you're right. It's like they still win a lot of games. You still can convince yourself they could go deep, but there's something. There's just something you struggle to put your finger on with them that they're either missing or just don't have the experience yet. Or I don't know what it is, despite the really, really good record. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. There's Hopefully Jamal Murray comes back from that ankle injury, and I, I mention him because I think he is the swagger that, that could turn that mm-hmm. oatmeal oatmeal from slop to a – a fancy schmancy meal you can yeah. sell for ten or eleven dollars. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things, and an oatmeal probably emulates, looks like the slop variety. Probably look like uh, Nikola Jokic's gut in uh, the month of November too. So a little little spotty, little cottage cheesy, you know. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but, but, now, but now he's steel cut. <laughs> now he's steel cut oats. Yeah, that's right. I, when people say steel cut oats, JD, <laughs> can you tell? Oh, yeah, you can tell. Oh, you can tell. There, it's I like can... a chunkier, yeah, it's better. It's, it's chewier. That's Costco. Oh, you better believe oh, it. Oh, boy, here we go. I can't imagine the size of oatmeal container you can get at a Costco. <laughs> it's a year's supply at least. <laughs> it's like a 55-gallon <laughs> barrel. Uh, you know, a great record with the Nuggets. We will see, though, the, the injury bug may have caught them a little bit here. You said Murray rolling his ankle. He's going to be day-to-day. You got Millsap with the knee contusion. Um Gary Harris, I think he's even day-to-day still there with the adductor uh, sort of strain. But they got so many bugs. But they got a lot of guys. Yeah, that's it. They can just roll them in. And Michael Porter Jr., that's a big one. So maybe For it's, sure. Yeah, maybe it is that little Jamal Murray playing much better than he has because he's had a bad season. Um, he needs to improve to for the Nuggets to be able to go to the next level. And and then maybe Michael Porter Jr. is that guy that suddenly it's like a like a secondary star. He, he is like a Siakam you know, in waiting and stuff like that. It's very possible because when you see the highlights from him, you, it's tough not to get excited uh, with his size and his ability. Golden State Warriors. My word for them, relieved. Here's why. It has been a nice change to completely ignore them. <laughs> you know, like to completely ignore a team that we covered so intensely over the last what? five six years yep night in night out and the storylines with them and the unbelievable achievements and and all of it it's actually been sort of nice to me maybe this is just me but like to not really have to watch a ton of warriors games (laughs) think about the warriors all that much and that's where i'm at with them it's uh i'm relieved 
I've actually, there's been talk of even it sounds like they are also like that. Uh, that sort of that pressure from the night in, night out, trying to live up to it, that it's a, it's obviously a different year with all the injuries to, to Curry and Clay and KD gone, that it's like, huh, this is maybe, maybe nice for a change. So I'm going with that. Relieved. Yeah, maybe that's something they should do, is that when your dynasty comes to an end, you just get to sit out the season. Yeah. <laughs> just just chill, recuperate, and then get ready for the next season. Because, I mean, Clay Thompson is talking, maybe I'll come back this no, year. No, That would be silly if that happens. But... Back. You know, he'll come back for next season. Steph Curry will come back for next season. Maybe he'll be back uh, towards the end of this year as well. And that's when you got to make your second run. It's pretty crazy, though, to think that uh, they finally moved into their new building and their team is terrible. Yeah. And I don't think that people really care too much. No, it is going to be weird in a sense when Curry and Clay come back and whatever moves they make, if they move Russell and get somebody else, or who knows, move Draymond Green, who knows. That they could like it, like they'd be almost in a weird way resetting to like becoming, mm-hmm. I think, potentially like the likable, lovable warriors again, where a lot of people would be like the casual fan would maybe be rooting for sure. them. I think that might happen again. Sort of, I'm talking about at the at the forefront of their building up to their dynasty there. Um, you know, obviously to, to winning that title before Katie even joined them. I think that could be in play, but relieved right now. Nice to, you know, nice to sort of remove, uh, especially now with the Lakers and Clippers, eh, remove one of those uh, West Coast late night teams. I'm catching the highlights. I I bet you I've watched, like, for a good significant amount of a game, of a Warriors game, like three, two maybe. Yeah. I have not watched them a ton outside of highlights and maybe, like, the old 10-minute condensed version. Eh, just the way it is. Yeah. You got to have some of those teams. No doubt. It's the, the, what they give me is a, I look at the TV, I'm like, whoa, that guy's hair is blonde. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. a cool name. Yeah, uh, yeah it must right. it must be great for them. I mean, you guys you got up uh, Wednesday, got your run in. It's I think that's what Draymond Green is doing. Like he's just staying in shape, <laughs> being able to run up and down the court yeah. for a year. Yeah, must be pretty cool for them. Yeah, and then sometimes he's like, and sometimes he's like, I'm not feeling it, so he just gets tossed. He's like. Yeah, yeah, sure. I gotta keep your rep. I don't want to hang around in this one. Yeah, uh, they've been flexing. They've been flexing on us for years. The only flexing they're doing this year is with the schedule, because they've been <laughs> being flexed in yeah. out of those uh, ten thirty spots. Get them out of there. Yeah, that's the right move. Definitely the right move. All right, Houston Rockets task. This could be an interesting one. Where are you going? Carousel or a merry-go-round, mm. and it's at the fastest speed setting possible. Everybody's getting flung off, but they're just holding on for dear life. Like Chris Paul was flung off last year. Russell Westbrook thrown on there. Everybody's holding on for one more run. Maybe, maybe. If if they can all hang on, they could have a, a championship window, perhaps. But uh, I think this is the end of it. I think this is the end of the ride this year because, gosh, it's not pretty. And you mentioned James Harden in comparison to Luka Doncic. Those two teams basically have – the same records and you would bet a billion dollars i would on more so the dallas mavericks having playoff success even though james harden is an all-world player just because of the team structure Mm. and i think it's uh it's time that this team even though you know they've got two superstars with long-term contracts who are just hanging on here and russell westbrook and james harden I think it's time after this season to do something. I don't know if you can trade Russell Westbrook, but uh, I, you know, championship windows closed, closed, and, and that's uh, we just talked about the Warriors. It's been basically at the exact same time, the exact same length uh, that the Rockets have been sort of very good, um, and the the Warriors obviously were their kryptonite. And now um, I don't know, I don't know how long how long can this this yeah. thing keep turning and turning. 
I'll say, like, in their defense, I guess, of this season, which has sort of felt a little disappointing. It's been fine. I mean, the record's solid. Um, they haven't had Eric Gordon for a massive chunk of it, and he is a pretty instrumental part to what they do. Yep. Um, so he's, I think he's only played, like, 16 games for them, 16, 17 games. Um, so not a ton of the season so far. The Westbrook pairing with Harden has been maybe better than some people thought it might be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I don't think that's a stretch. I think no. Westbrook has actually played – Fairly well. He still can't hit a three to save his life, which is weird on a team that does nothing but shoot threes. Uh, but it feels like paired with getting in the line. Feels like we're reaching. We're at peak Westbrook. Like he's not getting any better. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's three more years of him, and it's a top-heavy team. Like Eric Gordon. Yeah, he's important. But you know, beyond that, they can't play a lot of guys. They no. they don't take pressure off James Harden. James Harden just had a night on Wednesday night where he shot the ball 13 times and looked gassed. Yeah, and we're in the yeah. middle of the season. Yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't bode well for the playoffs. It doesn't bode well for their future. If if they're only getting older, right? and and Daryl Morey's built a team around superstars, but it's not deep, and I just don't see it going on much longer. Yeah, they're in the same boat with me as the Sixers, where maybe you think if things work out right in the playoffs, they could make a run to the finals. But I, I'm thinking less and less that that is the case. I've, Westbrook has been all right, you know. It's weird to look at a team that has James Harden and Russell Westbrook, one scoring 37, one scoring 25, and thinking, ah, I don't know how it's going to work in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough to beat other teams. But that's kind of the case. The defense does tend to turn around for the Rockets at the halfway point of yeah, the season. So yeah. maybe that gets them a little bit more fired up to come to – Heading down into April and March, but or April and May, but I'm just underwhelmed. Underwhelmed is the right word for me. All right, the Rockets. Let's go to the Clippers. Clippers word, young Brad Pitt. Hmm? What? Looks good. Looks really good. Yeah. No substance there yet. What are the Clippers about? <laughs> Hold young on, I'm Brad still trying Pitt. to wrap my head around the young Brad Pitt. <laughs> you're, about- basically, you're saying young Brad Pitt. Obviously, uh, a sexy, a, a dreamboat. Oh, baby. Um, but, but, maybe, but, but maybe not. Uh, he's maybe not there for his time, acting. At that time, he's not the greatest. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's not the greatest actor. At that time, he's maybe yeah. gotten a little better uh, <laughs> as he's aged. Okay. Well, that's the thing. It's young Brad Pitt because the uh, the Clippers, you look at him, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, all these guys from last year. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah. But they didn't become great. They're not great yet. Just like Brad Pitt back in the day, he was there for his looks. But like you said... Brad Pitt, he became a great actor. Okay, okay. One of the greats. And the Clippers, you would think, are going to do the same thing. They should mature into their looks yeah, and be sure. what we're expecting them to be in the second half of the season. They're playing it slow, yep. uh, you know, but that's contrasted with the Lakers, who have been full bore this entire season. Their fit looks perfect. The Clippers' fit doesn't look perfect. We thought maybe we would hear stories from the locker room with the Lakers. Not really. We had the Kyle Kuzma trainer thing, but with the Clippers, you have their actual players saying stuff about their other players. If it wasn't the Clippers, if it wasn't Kawhi Leonard, a guy who tends to get a little bit of a pass from the media because he never says anything, if it was LeBron in that situation, it would have been a much bigger deal. Uh, The Clippers are lucky to be flying under the radar, considering they haven't been as impressive as they should be. Yeah, but they'll, yeah, when Kawhi and Paul George are out there together, they're damn near dominant. So it's like, if they're there in a playoff series, those two guys are awesome. On both ends of the floor. They're like a plus 11 in their whatever their net rating at plus 11 when they're in there. This team has never played in the playoffs together. No, I know. I know. I, I, I'm still very high on the Clippers, and maybe it is because I'm just experienced the old Kawhi, you know, taking a team on his back. 
for some of those series and games and, and straight up winning them himself. And then, my God, he's got Paul George there too. You're not wrong, though. Young Brad Pitt. It's a fascinating comparison. <laughs> You're looking at the abs, man. You're looking at Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Those are the abs mm. of the Clippers. So are Thelma and Louise. <laughs> That's exactly right. Abs. But they will be better. Right. They, they will win an Oscar eventually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it really is. It's two lines of thinking with the, the Clippers. Either they haven't won together, which is totally true, and, and I think a lot of basketball dudes who have played in the league see a group that hasn't won and, and, and know, you know that it takes just to be all together at the same time and understand that. And then there's the other side. Ski says you, you talked about you can rely on Kawhi Leonard yeah. being there as your number one guy. But, you know, midway through the season, it's – yeah, it hasn't been convincing, but at the same time, they're a half game from being the two seed, and the only team above them in the Western Conference would be the Los Angeles Lakers, who they've beaten twice already. They're two and zero against them, and I don't think they're scared of the right. of LeBronathan and Anthony Davis at all. The Can't. Lakers, I got the Lakers. Yeah, I'm going focused. Yeah. They are locked in. There is no doubt. You could go drama-free, too, which is a shock to a lot of people. With a new coach and LeBron James and new pieces uh, and some of those characters that they had added, you thought there might be some drama. It has been daisies in LA. Daisies. <laughs> um, it's been great. But I'm going to go focus because, yeah, it, this is amazing. 33-8, and eight, number one in the West by a good four and a half games. That is huge. They're rocks on both sides of the ball. Top four offense, pair with a top three defense. Come on, no one saw that coming either. Yeah, okay, they might be great with AD and LeBron offensively. Sure, yeah, and some shooters there. Yeah, okay. But the top three defense, I mean, out of nowhere, LeBron's playing. He's only missed two games. AD's been pretty healthy. You know, recently he's missed some games, but he's up to six that he's missed. They're far from perfect, this squad. They need more ball handling. They need maybe even more shooting. Every team needs more shooting, but they could use it. They might get it though. They they there are you know guys that they can just straight up sign into their into their space. Maybe there's a deal to be made. Is it Kuzma? Who knows? But they got seven guys. This team is focused because they've got seven guys that have played in this league for a very long time. They're all on the same page. They all want to go either win another championship or their first one. LeBron, Dwight, Rondo, JaVale, Danny Green, Jared Dudley, and Avery Bradley. I've played a decade plus in this league. That's a lot of vets. Mm-hmm. And, and with LeBron as your main leader there. And they're, and they're just, you know, as much fun as they are appearing to have jumping on Caruso dunks and Dwight, you know, being somewhat silly Dwight at times and LeBron too, they are definitely sort of all business when the game starts. Um, and it's, uh, you know, they've, they've squeaked out some wins, but that's fine. That's going to happen in a playoff series. You got LeBron for that reason. AD and, and LeBron, you know, their synergy has been unbelievable when they're both playing uh, their connection. So... I pray we get a Clippers-Lakers series. I, don't, oh, yeah. I do not care if it's second or third round, but we have to get it to see, to really put this to the test. Yeah, w- what was better, the one team that locked in all year with that goal to win a championship and took it so seriously, or the other one that slow played it like the Clippers? You take a game off, you take a game off. Hey, don't worry about it. When we need to come together, we will, and, and we'll get it done. That's I want to know. I want to know which one uh, prevails. But focused right now for the Lakers. All right, Memphis Grizzlies. Going into some old-ass movies as well, Trey. Mighty Ducks. They're inspirational. Oh, yeah. An inspirational group of young men, very young men, in uh, in the Mighty Ducks case. But these, these, these are... <laughs> yeah, they were like 12, weren't <laughs> <Yeah>. they? <laughs> Definitely can't call them men. Uh, but uh, these Grizzlies are just... Uh, 
they're just fun. Well, they're they're lovable. They're yep. They're cuddleable. 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 Is that a cuddleable. word? Is that a word? Cuddleable. Yeah. I mean, it has to. You don't be. say it often, do you? No, no one. You're no very cuddleable. How do you say it? Cuddleable. Cuddleable. Wow, that's not easy. Cuddly. They're cuddly, yeah. <laughs> but cuddleable is a word too. Is it? Able to be cuddled. Pleasant to cuddle. <laughs> Cuddleability. <laughs> Too much. Cuddleability. I think I said synchronicity earlier in the show. Yeah, I'm a little tired. Anyway, um, they're great. And I, I, we've, we've talked about it. It's Thursday today. We talked about the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday show and on Wednesday show yeah. this week in an extensive fashion, uh, which is nuts. They, you know, the, one of the smallest markets in the league. And uh, rising because of a star that they picked, and uh, we all, you know, don't know a ton about college ball, but John Morant really, um, you know, he was it was fun to watch in in the, the tournament, and before that, just there's the highlights of him, and whoa, this guy's gonna be this really, 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 really skinny guy's gonna be a number two pick, or you know, up there, and uh, he has obviously fulfilled all expectations and much more because he is. Um, He's got superstar written all over him. And, yeah. that's, and uh, that's all you hear these retired players and even current players say. That's all you hear them say now. Like, this guy's this guy's future MVP. Like, yeah. I think Trace McGrady just said that. Like, and, and he's not alone. They're like, yep. maybe not MVP is very far, but, like, this guy is a superstar. Yeah, he's not scared of any matchup against any player. And it's yeah. not just him, too. You're right. Like, because we talked about all these other guys, Triple J and Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark, maybe the true steal of the draft. Like... I mean, I, I asked it. I threw it out there. Is can you look at any other team in the league and say they have better young talent than the Grizzlies appear to have? I don't like. Is it the Hawks? No, I mean, no way. No, I doubt it. Is no, it, because you know you got Triple J as a, a a a good player for the rest of his career, along with superstar and Morant and Brandon Clark looks good. I mean, those are the three guys that really stand out. Yeah, right? yeah. And Dylan Brooks is solid. No, yeah, he looks like he'll be a player for a long so, time. So yeah, if there's three or four, ooh. I'd, Trying to compare that to another roster in the league I as guess a young team. Celtics, sure. Uh, you know they're, they're young. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum yeah. are a little surprisingly young. Yeah, still, yeah. Because it feels like they've been around. So yeah, there's not many. So uh, yeah, we've talked about them a ton. You're right. They're must watch. If you're not watching Grizzlies games at this point, I don't know what's wrong with you. They're fun as hell. But they're also built like a movie cast to get back to the Mighty Ducks because they they've got everything. And I tweeted this out, but I don't care. I'm going to read a tweet. Um, <laughs> you know they've got. Just everything you want to watch in a basketball team, and sure, a movie as well. Must watch player in Morant, the exciting, yeah. the exciting guy, the the modern day big man. Oh, I think I read this. I already said this on Monday you show did. too. Yeah, I was say, okay. Well, this is one of those ones I think you said wow. and then you tweeted. Yeah, full circle. <laughs> you are tired. Ma- <laughs> Mighty Mighty Ducks three. Mighty Ducks <laughs> one was on Monday. Mighty Ducks two was on Wednesday. Anyways, D3. it's a fun team. Uh. It's a fun team. They guts it all. Can't wait for Mighty Ducks four tomorrow. <laughs> What a crazy story for the Mighty Ducks. They were just like a, a youth hockey team in Minnesota in the second in the first one. In the second one, they're the US representative, just their team. And then in the third one, they're just a JV high school team. So they went like they were nothing, went to basically the Top best of the team in the country to then just being sort of whatever. Couldn't even make varsity. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, you're a big uh, ducks guy. Ooh, D two I would say is probably my favorite sports movie of all time. Who's actually Older too, Gordon Bombay or um, Taylor or Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins. Hmm. 
Great question. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll, we'll look that up. Emilio Sheen, probably. <laughs> probably. All right. Timberwolves. Grifters. Grifters. The Timberwolves are grifters. They fooled people, man. Had people believing that things had changed. People were told of a mythical Wiggins Island with <laughs> so many businesses. Come, what's open? We got a subway there. <laughs> we're putting in all kinds of new restaurants. We're 10 and 8 to start the season. And then the Timberwolves had an 11 game losing streak, and now they're 15 and 25, and they're the Timberwolves again. We were fooled there for a second. We were. And now they're talking about, Gerson Rosas is talking about kind of subtweeting. Tom Thibodeau, he's saying, we're not going to play it fast here. We're not trying to just make the playoffs one time and then never return. Well, you know what? You hadn't made the playoffs for 14 years before Tom Thibodeau showed up. He made the playoffs, you lost, and then Jimmy Butler left, and now you're still not back in the playoffs. I think Lee's a little premature in saying Carl Anthony Towns is going to want out, but if it continues like this, Carl Anthony Towns is going to want out. Yeah. Yeah, especially in a year in the Western Conference where it's like, damn, you could be a playoff team accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're sort of, I mean, they're there. They're within striking distance, but not a lot of confidence in them. Mm-mm. It's been rough. I, like, I can't believe how long Towns has been out here, too. For real. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't remember it at the time being that serious of sounding an injury, unless I was just forgetting it wrong. I, I, I just don't remember right. he was going to miss 20 games or something like that. Um, but there he is. Yep. Yeah, I got nothing else to add to that one. It's uh, disappointing. Disappointing. It's a team I really want to root for, too. I, I agree. I'm like, I think Towns is – I mean, he's missed a lot of games, obviously, but I think he can be – he's a franchise player. He's one of the best scoring big guys in the league. Wiggins, you know, oh, geez. The, be- yeah. the beginning of the season, it was so encouraging to see him taking over and creating for others and doing things besides just scoring. And when he was scoring, at least he was driving inside yeah. and getting foul calls and honestly taking over during fourth quarters. But now it's like – Towns, get on the court. Wiggins, do something else besides score. Yeah, they're signing themselves up here three weeks from the trade deadline to uh, to make a move, though the, the minor trade by trading Jeff Teague for for those couple other parts. It just gives them a little bit of flexibility into uh, how many those two guys that they got back. They can also deal wherever they want. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, no, they got one back. player back. They have yeah, an open spot. Already. They have an open spot, right? Excuse me, and so. They're ready. They're ready to make a move. That's going to happen, I think. <laughs> so I assume like a move for a point guard, right? Yeah. Who? Who? D'Angelo Russell? Is there mm. any possibility, or is it going to be more like Dennis Smith Jr.? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, I got the Pelicans. My word for them through the halfway point. Survived. I think they've survived. All right, Zion Williamson has yet to play a single minute. He is coming back next week. Everybody's pumped about that. Lonzo Ball. Drew Holiday, Derek Favors, all really solid players. They missed significant time. Basketball Reference says the Pelicans had the league's toughest schedule to date, so it's only going to get a little bit easier. And here they are within striking distance. They're four games back of a playoff spot. They are holding on to the side of that mountain by their damn fingernails, (laughs) but they are still there. They are surviving. Brandon Ingram, he's played like an all-star. He might make the all-star game. He's going to get a max deal. He is looked like one hell of a score that you could build around years down the line. Lonzo's turned a little bit of a corner, and again, Favors has been very important when he's playing. Drew got it going after a, a very, very slow start. Look, that little Zion injection could be all they need to really string together, like the Grizzlies did, a six-game winning streak. Something like that could happen, um, especially with the schedule getting a little easier, and then you're right there in the playoff mix. So 
they it hasn't been great. That 13 game losing streak ooh, that was rough. That was that was very very bad. Because you got three more wins out of that. Let's say you, instead you're 10 and 10 and uh, three and 10 over that 13 games, and, and you're right there with the Grizz. But this is good. They have survived enough. They're not out of it. And their record is good enough that they're bringing Zion back. That was a question we had yeah. not too long ago. We're like, are they, is this going to be so far gone that we're not even going to see Zion this season? At least we get to see him. That's exciting. Yeah. Smoothie King sales are going to be going way up. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Every, and they, this is, uh, we've talked about it before, this is good for their, obviously, their, their ticket sales uh, department that sold so many tickets for this season for Zion Williamson and could have easily fallen off if he didn't come back. For a small market team, that would have hurt if a lot of people didn't renew. Don't want to get into the dollars and cents, but um, yeah. this is going to be very good if he returns. Thunder, OKC, what do you got? Defiance. Expectations were that, yeah, they're going to be an OK team, but that they were going to play well, really only to increase their trade value and, and be dealt and then move on. But they're like, uh, they're the bad boys. They're the bad boys of the league. They should do, uh, speaking of movies, they've got to do a little collaboration <laughs> with Bad Boys for Life coming out soon. When's it coming out? Oh, very uh, soon. This week? Yeah, yeah. pretty soon. There's, there's been a lot of advertisements for there, it. Yeah. Jesus, I'm, I see it everywhere. It's quite integrated this year. It's, things are becoming more and more integrated. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't want to get into the advertising not a bad, department. Not a bad uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes for oh. Bad Boys for Life. Uh, I heard the only problem with it is that it came out seven years too late. Yeah. <laughs> People are saying it should have happened ten years ago. Why, or seven. Why'd they wait so long? <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Um, but uh, the Thunder have been... They're also sort of a bunch of bad boys on the team. Dennis Schroeder, former Atlanta Hawk, didn't get a good rep. Chris Paul... Doesn't have a great rep around the league. Uh, there's 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 a few of those guys on the roster, um, but uh, they have sort of all galvanized together, and uh, they're they're kind of a special bunch, I think. When you start analyzing them one by one, Shea Gilgis Alexander is really fun to watch, uh, and uh, I don't know, they're 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 enjoyable again, which is strange. And we we just had the MNOs here. Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, mm-hmm. all in a row, all small market teams, all thriving in their own ways, and the Pelicans hopefully will join that bunch. But uh, it's cool to see the small market teams make it a go because it's, it's fun watching Thunder games, and it's fun watching for Billy Donovan, who can finally coach a basketball team <laughs> for his first time. You know, He's been in the NBA for a long time, but it was really the Russell Westbrook show, and now he's got guards making things happen, and it's fun basketball. Uh, up and down the roster. And they have options. That's what's intriguing to me about that. They, they, they can go a number of different ways here. And, and not only are they winning, but then they have still, you know, you've, you've got what appears to be a potential all-star in Shea Gildas-Alexander. The MVP. way he's playing at 21, maybe not that far. <laughs> Six or seven years down the line. It'll be like bad boys for life coming out. It'll be a little too long. Uh, but you have him, and then you have, of course, all these picks that they have. Uh, accumulated after trading their guys in, in uh, Paul George and Westbrook. So, and, and then there's people that could be moved for even more young talent or picks in Gallinari and, and yeah, maybe it's not Chris Paul because of the, the massive deal, but Schroeder is an option. It's there are decisions to be made there, but that's that's fine. This, you'd rather be in this position than playing behind the eight ball where you're you know you have a bad record and you're like, well now what? Now well we now we are forced to trade these guys. Maybe, maybe they're not so quick to do that. I don't remember a team being in the scenario where they were if it feels like they could either you know be a, tra- a buyer or a seller sort of equally like mm-hmm. it, it it felt like one more way was logical for most teams 
in, in NBA history. But this one, I guess Chris split Paul. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's why we had the trade deadline court episode a few weeks ago yep. and had them in there. Uh, I guess with Chris Paul, I would still lean towards sell if I'm looking, uh, you know, if I am Sam Presti. But So you're selling high, you mean, right now? Yeah. Yeah, instead of having Chris Paul around for until he's 37 making 40 million dollars 3 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that's Yeah, I mean, this is this is the ultimate scenario for them yep. to be where they are. That's why they're so defiant. Phoenix Suns trending up. You know, the Suns had a spark at the beginning of the season. They they started off pretty hot. Ended up 7 and 4, I think was their best record, and they've been bad ever since then. But but They had 19 wins last season. They've already got 16 this year. This is the first time since Devin Booker has been in Phoenix that the team is actually improving. They went from 23 wins to 24 wins after his rookie season. But after that, it was 21-19. And now they're going to finish, I don't know, 30-something wins. If they get into the 30s, that's a good season for the Suns. That's exactly what we said in the preseason. Did we not? When we were talking about the Suns, it was like 30 wins would be a great benchmark for them to hit. And it seems like they have an identity. You know, Monty Williams has them playing hard, has them at least trying on defense. The The team makes sense now that they have a real point guard in Ricky Rubio. DeAndre Ayton missed a big chunk with his suspension. Perhaps the record would be even a little bit better if he were around. But the Suns at least finally seem to be pointing in the right direction. They have a direction, which is yeah. huge. They made smart moves, it looked like, during the offseason with, you know, even Bainesy mm-hmm. and Kaminsky. Uh, who's obviously with the injury now, and, and, and Rubio, and, and then during last year with the Kelly Oubre. I mean, yeah, they, you're right. I, I love it as a Devin Booker fan. I like to see him at least play on a somewhat more competent team, which they are. Uh, they're not they're not elite yet, but uh, hopefully a step in the right direction. That's basically what you said, moving upwards. It's a good one. Any uh, thoughts on the sun? Oh, that was stupid. I just said, I said rising. Oh, rising mm. of the sun. Mm. Rewind it, rewind it, rewind <laughs> it. My word is rising. Mm. Like a sun. <laughs> Just like a sun. <laughs> Actually, uh, a little little news breaking here. Story going up on The Athletic Thursday afternoon here. We just talked about the Wolves looking to try and acquire a point guard. Intensifying talks, according to uh, to Shams, for D'Angelo Russell. Oh, oh, there you go. I mean, a lot of people after that team move, you're right, thought there's something to be – there's another move here. It's like well, they're not just doing that. They're not just getting an Alan Crab in here <laughs> to improve their shooting. Uh, okay, Ooh. that would call for an emergency podcast. Oh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's pretty close. He's a reigning All Star. Yeah, that's that's pretty close. All right, we'll keep our eye on that one. Okay, uh, a couple more teams left. Not many. I got the Blazers. I'm going with a phrase, uh, not just a straight up word. When it rains, it pours. Okay? A fitting term, probably, for the not-so-sunny Portland. Um, They've just been ravaged by injuries. Nurkic is yet to play. I mean, who knows if he's even coming back and what he'll even look like when he does return. And they think he will, but what will he look like? Zach Collins, okay, then we were excited for him. All right, he's going to get a chance. Well, he played three games. He dislocated his left shoulder. Ronnie Hood had been actually somewhat solid for them. He played half half the year so far. 21 games, and he's out for the rest. Torn Achilles. It, uh, you know, it happens. It sucks. It's a real bummer, too, because it feels like it's sort of a wasted Lillard in his prime season. Definitely. That's the part that really stinks. He's still been, you know, his brilliant self for the most part. But this, he's right in the middle of his prime. 
and they you know they just get killed with the injuries like Melo turns out to be like literally one of their saviors and he's been all right as a 35 year old guy who couldn't even get on any other roster for a year and he's asked you know being asked to play a ton of minutes to be a clutch guy it's just it is what it is it, it's a bummer they might make a second half push here i would not be shocked especially with Lillard as a leader maybe they do I, I don't see them winning a first-round series regardless, even with Lillard's antics and what we know he can do in a series like that or in a playoff series, but it's a bummer. It's just like they, they've sort of just because of these injuries or they're just a shell of them for themselves. Yeah, exactly right. There have been so many times when they haven't even really been able to run a center out there, and it's like, isn't there just a Zeller or a Plumley we can give him for tonight? <laughs> There's got to be a spare one around somewhere who can just be tall in the middle <laughs> of the court. But, yeah, I mean, McCollum has turned it around. He had a slow start to the season. Lillard is obviously producing. Melo has been fine. But that's not enough uh, to compete. And too bad because Damian Lillard is getting older. And, I mean, I don't think he's in a hurry to leave. I think he's going to be Blazer for life. Uh, But you you could lock it in that he's going to be a Blazer for life if you continue to put competitive teams around him. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're sort of just a a casual fan of the league, you just would see the Blazers – you know, outside the playoff picture after making a conference finals and say, oh, Damian, Damian Lillard wouldn't enter your brain really that he is performing to this same level or even a tiny bit better. He's yeah. been great. Yeah. And it's just kind of flying under the radar because the story is that they're bad. But uh, it's odd for a conference finalist to turn over so much of their roster and then the injuries hit. And I think finally, finally, those 2016 contracts that they handed out are kind of starting to bite them in the butt with their depth lacking what it is. So uh, they have to turn that around somehow. And maybe it's just let Bazemore and Whiteside expire and find other ways to use your cap space. Right. Or maybe it's a trade. Uh, or maybe it's uh, they are a second-half team, so they could turn this thing yeah. around. They have been traditionally, historically, uh, a, a team that's decent in the second half. Sacramento Kings. They're a jigsaw puzzle with pieces from other puzzles in that same <laughs> box. There's too many parts in that box. It's it, you start putting the puzzle together, and then you get this thing from another puzzle, and it's just you try and jam it in. Oh, no, it's not going to work. They flick it away. Uh, they have too many good players for this team to be great, and they don't fit all together. And it's it's been a strange experiment to see young and old uh, guys coming in at the end of their careers trying to propel a young team to be a better team but it's all they're also taking away minutes from guys who need to evolve like Bogdan Bogdanovich and Marvin Bagley and you know even even their their guards to a to a certain extent and Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox so um it's strange it's it's just a strange combination of pieces that they put together and it's obviously not working and, and I don't think it's any Anything to do with De'Aaron Fox, who is probably their brightest star. I think he's been working his butt off. I think he's been playing through injury, uh, and he was injured for uh, a good chunk of the season, and injuries have hurt them. But, um, yeah, the locker room hasn't been great. It's got to fall on Luke Walton to some degree, sitting at 15 and 26, not being able to bring all those parts together. It does, and the way they play, too. They, they, they played super fast last year, and it, and it worked. It was better than this. Now they're one of the slowest teams in the league. They're 28th in pace. They were fifth last year. What's better than this? I mean, they, they should, the but they should. That's how they should be playing. I mean, yeah, okay, Fox wasn't there, and he's an instrumental part of that, but now, him there, they, that's exactly how they should play. And uh, I do think that falls on Walton a little bit. Yeah. Uh, along with, yeah, not maybe you know, to get all the pieces to fit together. 
They're another disappointing team. <laughs> another team I love. Yeah, or, and I love Fox. That's why I'd like to see him have a successful team. Similar to the Trailblazers, it's just been a stalled season. Like they haven't been able to get healed Fox and Bagley on the court together, and that's your nucleus. That's the the guys who yeah. were successful for you last year that would theoretically have been the same guys doing it this year if they're playing fast. But they haven't even been able to be yeah. on the court together. Yeah, yeah. So bummer for them. All right, we got two teams left: the Spurs, Trey. Flip flops. Excuse me? Everything you think you knew about the Spurs, you don't know it anymore. Mm. They used to always make the playoffs. They might not this year. (laughs) They used to be really good on defense. They're not anymore. They used to be oak. They used to shoot a lot of threes. Now they don't. But they're still good on offense. But they're doing it with these outdated modes of scoring. They don't shoot a lot of threes, but they make them. They're letting LaMarcus Aldridge has decided, hey, somebody's got to shoot threes around here. I'm going to do it. So that has been helping. I still hesitate to pick against the Spurs. (laughs) Uh, of what I, not making the playoffs? Exactly. Like, how can you how can you have any confidence in the teams below them yeah. compared to the Spurs? Despite the fact that this is not the Spurs that we are used to. I don't know. They're just uh, they're very like Lee said, meat and potatoes. And then he didn't really explain why. He's like, <laughs> they're just meat and potatoes. They are. They're just meat and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. It's a. Uh, it's like they're playing literally just to keep the streak alive. Yeah. It's the, that, that uh, what would be, what, 23, I think, uh, consecutive playoff appearances. That's what, it's, that's what it is. And maybe that will be enough, uh, you know, to, to get in there, to keep it alive. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be on that one team that, that has it snapped. I'll tell you that. Right. And a lot of these guys were on a lot of those teams anyway that were already in, some of the vets. So, yeah. It's, uh, I think what's weird with them is there was a lot of hype around some of their young guys heading into the season and there's been the odd flash uh, of brilliance from from your Murrays and, and stuff like that um, and, and Forbes and like but and Walker I mean like all these guys everyone got very excited about some of these young guys mm-hmm. and maybe they will pan out but then it's just not there consistently a guy who has been consistent uh, recently is DeMar DeRozan which is yeah it's odd to see him like really be thriving and really being great when you know we're all sort of ready to be like okay demar might fall off a little bit but here in a uh, year number 11 he's been balling 27 points on 65 percent shooting over his last 12 games some boring end of podcast trivia for you he is the just the fourth player over the last 20 seasons to average 25 on 65 plus percent shooting over 12 game span who are the other three players? Over the last how many seasons? 20. Wow. 25 on 65. 65% over Durant? 12. No. Hmm. Shaq? Yeah. No. Wow. It's kind of surprising. 65%. Yeah, it's yeah. a big percent. It's a huge Ooh, percentage. So you think you're staying with the bigs. Stay with yeah. the bigs for a couple of them. Yeah. Two of the three players are bigs. What's the time frame? Ever? No, 20 years. So the year 2000. LeBron? Oh, okay. Did he okay. have a stretch? Or he did? LeBron did, yep. Yeah, okay. In 2013, he had a good yeah, run. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that crazy field goal percentage run. One guy has done it a lot, and one guy did it once. One guy has done it a lot. Uh, I'm gonna, so he's a, big, a, he's a big man. 25 a game? Uh, he's a big man. Dwight? Big Dwight. Man. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Dwight yeah. is one I of I said them. that very hesitantly. I didn't think it was going to be. And then, uh, and then this guy did it a lot. No, no. Dwight, oh, oh, Dwight, Dwight did, did it a lot. lot. Wow. Last guy is people compare him to uh, – a young player in the association who is nowhere near this guy. This guy, not going to get to the Hall of Fame, but injuries set him back. Oh, hmm. Grant Hill's quite, quite athletic. <laughs> Derek Rose? 
no, no. in the Hall of Fame. No, 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 no. Neither of those guys. He's very athletic. Very, very Large athletic. man. Big athletic. Played on one of uh, the 20th or 21st century's most favorite teams, darling teams. Sean Kemp? No, 21st oh, century, yeah, this yeah, century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof, Amari Stoudemire? Amari Stoudemire. Oh, nice. Oh, Kemp was close. Like. Mm-hmm. Yep, very close. Ooh, nice trivia. Anyway, threw a little trivia in there. DeMar has been great. Yeah. Yes, he, he has. We, we saw that at times, definitely with the reps. There was that one start of the season where he was putting up stupid numbers for a couple of weeks. He's locked in right now and uh, trying to make his all-star case. I got the Utah Jazz final team, guys. My word is actually a name to sum up the Jazz season. Usain Bolt. Okay? Excuse me. Let me explain it. Usain Bolt was, despite being the fastest man in the world for years. He was generally slow out of the blocks hmm. compared to the rest of the field Quite because tall. he's a six foot five guy. That's exactly right, Trey. Took Usain Bolt a lot longer for him to get up out of the blocks to unfold and to get going, mm-hmm. especially compared to his more compact competitors. Um, he was he was <laughs> in a weird way always starting from behind, right? He was he was starting from behind. Fifty to sixty meters later, though, woo! When Bolt was hitting top speed. It was peace out. He was gone. I mean, he literally was having to then take less strides than the competition. Right. And would just blow by them. And usually in the final 20 meters was like, you know, so far ahead of them. And he was looking around at cameras and stuff like that. Well, that is the Utah Jazz. They are Usain Bolt. They started very, very slow out of the blocks. Very disappointing. But they have found, I believe, their Bolt-like stride right now. <laughs> Big part of that, Ingles. Um, who I can't imagine would be fast out of the blocks either. <laughs> but him being in the starting lineup, it has unlocked that offense. Him and Gobert, pick and roll, it's a thing of beauty. Mitchell has had somewhat of a sort of under-the-radar type of season two where he's putting up the points and he has taken over games. They made that little minor trade with bringing in Jordan Clarkson. He's helped breathe some life into that bench. And, you know, they obviously have had a softer part of their schedule, but they're crushing it. Ten-game win streak as of now. And uh, this is this is the Jazz that we expected. I think a lot of us coming into the season, they're starting to find their stride. Now the weird part is the whole Conley thing; <laughs> he's not there. And I'm still convinced if they want to go to a finals and try and knock off a Clippers or Lakers, they need Conley um, as sort of playoff Grizzlies Conley. That's an important piece to add to that bunch. Maybe it happens. But Bogdanovich has been great. Look, that's who they are. You saying Bolt to me? They're getting it going now. Now are they gonna? run away from the rest of the pack? <laughs> Probably not. So maybe they're more of an Andre de Grasse. <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. He's a smaller guy. He's quick out of the blocks. But but he was. his name is de Grasse, and Drake was on de Grasse, so he's the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Perfect. <What>? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell we've gone a little too long mm-hmm. on this. Uh, but there it is. There it is, guys. That concludes our NBA midseason report. Let's hear from you guys. What words or phrases would you use to describe your favorite team at the halfway point, or what did you think of what we chose maybe for your favorite team? Let us know. Tweet at us at NoDunksInc or email us nodunks at theathletic.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. Guys, half the season to go. Woo! Pumped? Tess? Whoa, oh. <laughs> Tess is falling asleep. We gotta get Tess to bed. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. You could stay.